Welcome to Scandinavian Mind Weekly, our show about the current trends and events within business, tech, fashion, design, culture and more from the Nordic perspective of our team of editors and contributors. Today on the program, one charger to rule them all. USB-C is becoming mandatory according to new EU law. We report from Iceland Innovation Week, a new festival celebrating and showcasing Icelandic startups and innovations where uh, also Nordic Startup Awards were held a few weeks ago. Lastly, we'll hear from Björn Orvar, the co-founder and chief scientific officer of the Icelandic skincare brand BioEffect. I'm Conrad Olsen, editor-in-chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here at the Helio podcast studio at our headquarters with my dear colleagues Erik Sedin, and finally on the podcast, Johan Magnusson. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks Woo! for having me. <laughs> I made it. We have been trying to get you on our most uh, avid uh, news writer on the podcast for, for since the beginning of time. <laughs> um, so uh, again, uh, Roland's not here, so we had to find a stand-in, and you just you didn't have an excuse anymore. You just, you were just <laughs> standing outside. You just had to sit there. It was about time. Yeah, and good things comes to those who wait. So happy to have you, and I think you are the most quoted editor of, of, of Scandinavian Mind on this show because we frequently <laughs> plug your uh, articles, and maybe we should start right there and, and plug some of the stories that we have online right now, which I always enjoy. Um, there is a story published uh, today, I think, with uh, the researcher at the Department of Design at Alta University School in uh, in Helsinki. Again, with Helsinki, Natalia uh, Sarmakari. Uh, Yuan, do you understand what she says? It's uh, a quite uh, in-depth uh, story, uh, quite interesting. Uh, and uh, the topic is uh, she's uh, done her research for like uh, five years it's uh, um, it's very comprehensive and uh, it's uh, mainly about uh, how the designer's role changes uh, with the, the boom for digital fashion mm. and she talks That's about the short version she, she talks <laughs> about fashion 4.0 which I, I i quite enjoy what what does she mean by fashion 4.0 so it's like uh, the next level of um, the fashion industry and the um, implementation of digital fashion in um, the fashion industry and how those two world worlds uh, merge. Mm. Well, obviously a topic that we've been covering uh, extensively uh, on this show. Um, uh, should be noted as well. What, what else is going on right now? Global fashion agenda is, is happening in Copenhagen this week. We have our uh, editor Oliver Dahlep uh, has been on the ground. Uh, looking forward for uh, reading his report on that. Uh, next week coming up, uh, Pitti Uomo in Florence. So uh, the, the trade shows are starting to happen. Uh, but let's look at some other stuff we've been publishing also from you, Yuan. Our uh, uh, fashion tech special from issue three is also uh, rolling out um, this week and the next. Uh, uh, this week, uh, one of my favorites, uh, Seesaw, the, the recycling company. Quite uh, unsexy at its core, but they're, I think they're doing some great work uh, in terms of recycling. Uh, Yuan, maybe you could just briefly mention what they're about. So it's quite an old uh, company, and uh, they've, um, of course, they've had challenges uh, to adopt to like uh, the how to be relevant uh, for their um, customers and so. And uh, of course. Uh, a great solution to that is uh, to uh, take advantage of new technologies 
and uh, their technology it's called like near infrared mm. and it enables uh, recycling and the reuse of uh, existing uh, textiles right and they're also able to create their own uh, fabric out of it which they have already delivered and will continuously to deliver to uh, brands and industry players mm. I didn't actually know that, or I maybe had forgotten it. But I mean, we've talked a few episodes ago about sort of how boring technologies are 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 what's needed to change the fashion industry. I think this is one of the greatest examples because, uh, and I think we talked also at this transformation conference last week about uh, recycling and the need for recycling. Only one percent of fashion is being recycled, so we need technologies like these. And and of course, one of the challenges is the fact that. Uh, fashion is uh, made up of different types of of fabrics uh, and, and garments and fibers that you can't mix them. You can't you can't recycle a polyester with a cotton. You, they need them separated, and and this technology helps enable that. Um, so great job there. Uh, just just quickly mention I also I think Streamateria, their their three D printed garments, uh, always uh, a, a pleasure. And we we we've. we've um, Mentioned Eric Lindvall in our platform many times. Uh, perhaps just a quick mention there, you want about Streamateria. So, that, uh, speaking of uh, advanced technology, uh, we uh, it, it, it would have been even better to to welcome him to this show to explain how he works. <laughs> but we, uh, we will, we will. I have like emailed him like four <laughs> times about doing a podcast, it never materializes. But but Eric, but, I'm sorry, you will be on the show at at one point or, the, or, or but, other. But uh, <laughs> basically, like the, the the fundamental principles of his uh, work, uh, I would say, is like the design to die principle mm. that. Uh, he works with the 3D printing and it's uh, bio-based uh, materials and uh, the fabrics and the garments uh, are created to uh, sort of die after, yeah, depending on how you use them, but uh, after a few months or uh, a night out at the club or so. And uh, yeah, a few years ago, he joined forces with uh, uh, Puma for a special capsule, uh, which uh, was uh, uh, covered all over the world uh, uh, from uh, like almost every media outlet uh, there are. And uh, now he's expanding the concept and um, making um, his startup sort of like a reality and not only like uh, something uh, for like uh, innovation exhibitions on museums or so, <laughs> but mm. uh, more like uh, a, a proper uh, industry player. So just out of curiosity, have you seen this? Like, like when it gets wet, is that where it starts to dissolve and break? or Because it just seems so crazy. Like he, he says in the text, like, oh, after you've done it, you can just put in a compost. <laughs> like with your orange peels and your banana peels and stuff. So I haven't seen the uh, w- when they sort of disappear. I have seen the garments live because he had quite an impressive exhibition at, at a hotel in central Stockholm a few mm. months ago, uh, which uh, was uh, very, um, how do you say, like spectacular. But, uh, yeah, there, there were actually uh, models um, uh, wearing the garments, but they were not sweaty and they were they were not uh, <laughs> in the club, so I didn't see the design to die principle in real life. So yeah, I just really want to see that because uh, also speaking of uh, issue three content now coming to the <laughs> to our website, I had the Erik Lindvall and the, the Goringo part of Stream Materia uh, on the on the digital fashion list. Mm. 
because they make everything uh, they always make everything digital first before they create these stuff and it's 3G 3D printed and stuff uh, really cool maybe not so uh, a bit more sexy and a bit more fun than uh, Seesaw is that what it's called? yeah Seesaw recycling <laughs> company sort of the opposite yeah <laughs> Well, uh, hopefully the the garments stay on the the people when when they're wearing it and not tr- starting to dissolve uh, too soon. And uh, also, uh, when Eric uh, arrives to this, this podcast, I will uh, get back because I want to be part of that episode as well. Wonderful, <laughs> that Ho- is a promise. Hopefully, he'll be wearing his own three D printed garments. Anyways, the fashion tech special uh, rolling out, uh, continuing to roll out this week. The the third and last part will come out next week, uh, uh, written by uh, you, you are enjoy. All right, moving into our next story here. Uh, USB-C. We're going to nerd out on charging cables. Uh, <laughs> this I find this super fascinating. We'll see, we'll see where this goes. Uh, uh, USB-C is becoming mandatory for, I think, first cell phones and then other devices. Eric, you've been reading up yeah, on this. Yeah, I have. I read the full on. So on Tuesday, this was on Tuesday that the European Union and all parts of it. We have the commission and the parliament and the council. I always get mixed up with that. But they have announced a new law that will remove cable clutter. That's how they Mm. say it. So basically this means mobile phones, tablets, e-readers, earbuds, digital cameras, headphones, headsets, handheld video game consoles, portable speakers. They will all have to have USB Type-C. And notice how they didn't say um, laptops. Because I was w- waiting for that one. Because that would be... Imagine you only having to use just one yeah. charger for everything. So, like I said here, uh, I didn't read about um, wearables, though. So they didn't, they didn't put wearables in there. So maybe well, that's some because... Some of what you mentioned to... are wearables, so... Exactly. In a way, yeah. But uh, like a watch. I didn't read about watches. No. But that would no. be... Like, if I just took to myself, that would mean I could use one charger... And I wouldn't need to go into this. I guess everyone at home has this box full of chargers where you, <laughs> when you have to oh, find yeah. something. Oh, yeah. And imagine just having one charger line around. Uh, it'd be perfect. But anyways, just to get to the root of it, I don't think I need to explain the USB Type-C, but if you're listening to this and you don't really know how it looks like, if you have a MacBook that came after 2015, I know my two colleagues here, they have them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, but uh, that's the one you charge with. It's like a mini USB. Unless you bought the latest one exactly. where they went yeah. back to, to lightning yeah, yeah, port. Yeah, that was almost like a little test for you. <laughs> and that was very happy for me because I know Apple, I think they know that they messed up with, like from 2015 yeah. until last year, the MacBooks have been terrible, especially the MacBook Pros yeah. with the with the touchpad and everything, like uh, the travel on the keyboards, so I can go on. So... I'm happy that they're bringing back the MagSafe because uh, my girlfriend, she has a new one and she's been like tripping over them and her, her computer's falling on the ground and stuff. So they didn't mention laptops, like I said, uh, in this uh, press release from the European Union. So the MagSafe to me is amazing. So I'm glad that's staying at least um, for, for Apple. But uh, But yeah, so none of this basically matters to anyone except for Apple they're like the real loser here you're still doing the lightning ports yeah exactly the lightning port and I feel like Apple is kind of like they are American in a way they are America they like they're sticking to Fahrenheit while the rest of the world is like moving on like let's go with something that just works and everyone knows how to do it you don't need an adapter they're sticking to it and now they won't have a choice they will I don't know if this means maybe Apple will go for their Asian market and for their North American market. They will also change that all their models have the USB it Type-C. hard to see that they won't change on all the phones yeah, for exactly. all the markets. So this is probably an American problem too yeah, <laughs> or a solution yeah. for the consumers as well. Um, I mean, they're already doing it on the... I have an iPad in front of me. They're doing USB-C on that iPad and I can you know, use my... 
I can still use the USB-C on my new Apple computer, even though it has the Lightning port as well. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm constantly moving that back and forth. Um, but is this actually a good thing then? What do you think? Uh, like for me, only only like from a consumer or for like, from like a personal standpoint, I think it's great. I think having that uh, like cable box at home, like cable drawer. Yeah. If there's even you can you can have plenty of uh, of cables in there, but if they all have the same port or like the same end to it, I can just imagine how much better everything will be. Like I can just think of like me charging my Xbox controller or me, mm. you know, charging my phone or my uh, my Apple Watch or whatever. I can like <laughs> to me it just makes sense. I have to actually, and it feels like this is probably what I will tell my kids and my grandkids. Like when I pack my bag to go to work, I had to put in three different chargers: <laughs> one for my phone and <laughs> one for my headphones and one for the laptop. It's just it was time for this, and it's been rumored for a couple of years now. So I think it's great. I it's love happening. it that that's your version of telling your kids. Like my version of telling your kids, like I had a different device for the phone <laughs> and for the for the MP3 player. And <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. That's uh, a good point. Uh, okay, so here's why this maybe not is not such a great news because I uh, this is very topical. I I listened a few weeks back. There was a, a special <laughs> podcast on the Verge. Full one hour on USB-C. So anyone who wants to nerd <laughs> out completely can listen to that, which I did. And, you know, I don't remember most of it. But, uh, you know, obviously from the get-go, it sounds good. One one cable for everything, right? Mm. Uh, only problem is just because it has the USB-C connector doesn't mean it is the same cable. So some of these USB-C cables are transferring data. And some are not. Some right. are only chargers. Mm-hmm. Some are only chargers for cell phones, but not for computers. And there's no way of telling on the actual <laughs> freaking thing what it made for. So, you know, the uh, the counter argument would be to have different uh, connectors for different cables. It actually does indicate that this is the computer cable. This is the uh, you know cell phone cable. This transfers data from my, you know, camera to my computer and so forth. Wow. So I think okay. I think there and there are actually generations of them. I think we're uh, somewhere now on generation four or something. Something like that, yeah. And there are different prices. So if you go into a store and buy USB-C cable, uh, they will have different price levels, and that probably and you have to read on the back indicates that it could be it has a certain percentage of. Uh, of what you know, uh, wattitudes. Or I don't know what, what. There's a definitions to it, but mm. uh, so here's the. This was going to get confusing with this. So if you're traveling, for instance, you grab one of your USB-C cables from <laughs> your box, and you realize it doesn't charge your laptop. You could potentially have a devastating situation. It just sends information. Exactly, <laughs> and um, oh wow! So they were actually talking in that episode about the need to develop some kind of iconography, something to. Pre- Print on the little thing to indicate what it is good for. I lost all my excitement now. Like, this is not what I was about. <laughs> I can't believe it. I should have done more research. But yeah, like that means like you having like taken. I don't know. That's like a common thing that I did when I grew up. You take like little tape pieces and you put like, oh, this is for the TV and this is the HDMI. Exactly. If you remember. Exactly. So <laughs> before that, we're all gonna have like small tape pieces and writing what it's for, like computer. Yeah. Phone. I mean, obviously, what <laughs> the good part is, if you have a USB-C cable and you need to charge your phone, it probably can do that. Mm. But if it needs something more powerful, it not, doesn't necessarily do it. 
weren't our lives supposed to be easier uh, with the introduction of like digital devices and technology? No, no, <laughs> it never gets <laughs> easy. It makes more complicated. Even when introducing <laughs> something that's uh, you know on the surface simplifying, it actually could be more complex. But uh, don't you think this will be re- re- regulated by 2025? This um, Confusion. Well, the problem is we're going to have stronger and stronger devices, and then someone's going to say, "Why don't we have USB-C for my electric scooter?" Which it probably there's going to be a new like <laughs> level six of the USB-C that will handle electric scooters, and then if you have you know level <laughs> five that only charges cell phones and computers, you're not going to be charging the electric scooter. So I mean, these things always develop. So no matter you know. Where you land, I mean, I am for this, of course. I mean, I think it's it's it is convenient, and uh, for like the majority of my devices, I always travel with small microphones and stuff like that mm. for doing podcasts, and and you know, you know, majority of I enjoyed having uh, um, the same sort of connector. I would probably have more wires anyways because I need some one for for each device when I'm traveling. I need to charge different devices, so it doesn't mean I have have to have less, you know, uh, wires. Uh, but of course, it's convenient. That they uh, and, and like I said, it's an EU law, yeah. so it means that they, all these people they have to. So even if you if you have a charging cable, they have one that will only work for all of these that I mentioned, the e-readers and everything. Yeah. So at least that's better when you're traveling and you have your mic. And when we travel and we have the mics and stuff. So you know, it's it's. I always say this. I like regulations. I like when that's how the, what that that's what makes the world change the most. When the, you tell us what to do, because we're so unsustainable and we're so bad at us. You know, our regular consumers. Mm. We just want to buy. So if if someone tells me no, you can't do it anymore. That's where I change. I think. I think that's where. Well, I think I. I hear that, and that's all well and good. But I think the counter argument w- for this would be that EU sticks their, you know, nose into stuff that they shouldn't, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, be in business with. And you know, there's a lot of criticism around GDPR, for instance. You know, well intended. Uh, uh, we need to take care of people's data and show respect. The only thing that happens is people just click on like or like these cookies uh, rules. Like we just click on it, we never read it, we don't care, we have no idea where how our, our data is used, uh, and it only kind of uh, benefits these larger organizations like Facebook and Google because they have the manpower and resources to take care of this data. Whereas a smaller organization like, for instance, mm. Scandinavian Mind, uh, <laughs> we have to to invest a lot of resources into, into making sure our data is GDPR compliant. Whereas, like, what harm does it do if we have a few thousand readers in our uh, in our uh, mailing list, for instance? So, I think the counter argument to that with EU is like, well-intended law. They they will make Apple uh, do USB-C, but what <laughs> happens in two years when there is a new technology that's going to be better than everything else, and they're f- enforcing an old technology, and we're you know. We're back to square one. Exactly. Well, I'm waiting for wireless charging anyway, so I just want to walk into a room and get everything charged. So. Do we know what Apple uh, think about this? No, I haven't read a comment uh, yet. They're probably not so happy, but... You know, we know they when if you bought an iPhone recently, you don't get a charger with it anymore. No. You only get the phone, so they might not really care that much. We don't know what they think. We can only guess. Uh, I've only seen the memes so far. So... <laughs> All right, moving on uh, to Iceland Innovation Week. That's this is where you come in, Johan. That's why you're on the show right now. Uh, you were in Iceland. We've talked, uh, you know, actually kind of chronicled 
on this uh, podcast uh, the travel itineraries of, of you and Magnuson each day in a new place or each week in a new place it feels like this spring uh, mm-hmm. or at least during May when, when everything uh, opened up but you went to Iceland uh, we were all jealous and envious about this trip because it looks amazing and obviously we've committed to covering the Nordic scene but uh, maybe can we just set this up a little bit what is Iceland Innovation Week? So it's this uh, initiative to uh, collect and g- gather like the tech industries uh, in the country. And of course, it's uh, promoted by state owned organizations like uh, Business Iceland and so forth. Right. And uh, of course, it's uh, it's an event to to attract uh, interest for these uh, startups and uh, the sort of my, my main impression I have a lot of impressions after three days in uh, Reykjavik but uh, my main impression would be that this uh, very country uh, has created sort of its own ecosystem mm. because of course it's quite far away from uh, everything else and uh, they need to um, they, they have a strong uh, like local community so they need to help each other in order to um, proceed and uh, grow and yeah they're they're very helpful and uh, gentle to each other mm. of course there are competition in terms of like uh, venture capital and so forth but uh, the main uh, impression uh, after those days would be that uh, they, they stick to each other and um, the, the the feeling of community is strong and you also said that kind of uh, being honest here that they had no idea what Scandinavian mind was Sells us. We need to get there more. We need to get some magazines over Definitely. there. Definitely. You know, I'm quite <laughs> social and uh, outspeaking, so I had quite a good time because when they <laughs> realized what we were doing, that there is actually this uh, sort of Nordic platform which basically covers everything they do, <laughs> they became quite, uh, uh, quite, uh, quite uh, interested and appreciated uh, what we did. Well, obviously, we need to uh, up our distribution in in Reykjavik. But <laughs> I mean, I, I remember you were excited. This was, uh, I think, uh, two or three weeks ago. But you were excited when you got back from there. I mean, there's a sense that things are happening in Reykjavik. There are like forward-thinking people. There are, are interesting uh, companies. We're going to hear from from one of them later. But can you tell anything about uh, the kind of the, the the types of innovators that you saw? What types of industries were they in? Uh, just anything like a general reflection from there so my main impression was that the international journalists uh, on this uh, media trip the first thing we did uh, after landing at the airport was that we went to like business Iceland and uh, it was this uh, matchmaking uh, session and uh, they had invited like uh, 20 startups and they expected like seven or eight of them to show up which they seemed were quite a good fit for us that we had time to speak to each other. Mm. The only thing was that all 20 of them showed up. <laughs> so it was quite hectic. <laughs> and uh, It's like speed dating. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my main impression would be that uh, they are so far ahead of, uh, of everyone, everyone else uh, in their own way. And uh, I think that uh, th- they boost each other because it's a very small city. Uh, and uh, it's a very uh, uh, densely populated country. 
So as I mentioned, they, they need to, to help each other in order to grow. And in terms of like specific uh, areas, I would say that, uh, of course, they have gained a lot of attraction for this carbon uh, capture technology. Mm. So mm. in the Nordics, like Scandinavia, like Sweden or Norway, we're currently discussing how to take care of the carbon and to capture it, like in the North, North Sea or so, that uh, this venture uh, can help... Uh, uh, bigger uh, companies to to take care of their uh, their carbon dioxide. So in Iceland, the the facilities are already established. <laughs> They're like, what, what, why why aren't you in operation now? We've, <laughs> we've already started. <laughs> Super fascinating. And also they have uh, these uh, ed tech uh, startups which have won awards uh, all across the world, mm. and they one of them is like huge in the Middle East. One of them has uh, salespeople in like every uh, Scandinavian country. They're like, they're, they're, they have found these certain areas uh, which they are really strong in. And uh, there are, of course, only a few like edtech startups on Iceland, given that it's quite a, bit, it's quite a small country. But those are, uh, of course, you can say that those are competitors. But my feeling was that they were talking to each other in that room and uh, they were discuss- discussing uh, certain topics and they were like sort of more friends than, um, than competitors. Mm. Super fascinating. And maybe this is a good time to uh, actually, uh, we're going to hear a recording from one of the companies that you met there, um, a guy called Björn Orvar, the co-founder and chief scientific officer of the Icelandic uh, skincare brand BioEffect. Of course, when uh, you want to uh, interview someone, it has to be a skincare brand, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm the beauty correspondent at Scandinavian Mind. <laughs> and also, he also heads up something called ORF Genetics. Uh, super fascinating. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say before we listen to this. I chose to interview Björn because uh, that was one of the most astonishing technologies that I've come across for the last few years, I would say. All right, here now Björn Orvar, uh, the co-founder and head of business development at Orv Genetics. Tell us just a few words about uh, BioEffect. Uh, I'm quite into beauty, so for me, BioEffect is one of the pioneers, but if you would describe it in your own words. Yeah, it all started within our genetics. We de- uh, developed a new technology to produce human growth factors. And uh, some of those growth factors actually control the biology of the skin, how fast we age and so on. And we decided uh, some uh, 10, 15 years ago uh, to develop a new skincare line using those uh, human growth factors. And uh, we we formulated, formulated this uh, skincare and uh, launched it under the brand name BioEffect in 2010. And now, 12 years later, it's uh, this brand has grown very much. It's now in 27 markets around the world, and and the the uniqueness with this uh, uh, product is basically we are using plant-produced human growth factors, more specifically the epidermal growth factor that controls the aging process in, in our skin. Super interesting. And also, uh, we just uh, spoke about your new venture. What can, what can you say about it? And it's also quite a booming market you've just entered. Uh, tell us in your own words. 
Yes, so, so uh, we have developed this technology that, that allows us to produce any growth factors from humans, from animals and so on. And we decided to start a new project uh, producing animal growth factors using the same technology because now uh, there is a growing industry called cell-coded meat industry where, uh, where uh, companies are trying to produce uh, meat from stem cells derived from animals. And uh, so what you do basically is that uh, you harvest the stem cells from the animal. You don't have to kill the animal and you cultivate these stem cells uh, and you turn them into meat. But to do so, you need those animal growth factors. So we have now started and launched a portfolio of animal growth factors specifically for this industry. And actually, it's, it's going quite well. Super interesting. Thank you for being with us. And uh, I wish you a good week. And uh, we continue to explore Reykjavik and Icelandic innovations uh, at Iceland Innovation Week. All right, that was Bjorn Orvar, head of business and co-founder at Orv Genetics. Johan, I think perhaps the most important question, uh, did you go into one of those hot springs? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and it was this scenic uh, view. Yeah, it looked nice, like almost downtown I almost. I can't, I can't even begin. I mean, I'm so yeah, envious of that. Of course, they have, uh, I don't have to mention their names, but they have uh, <laughs> quite a uh, well-established and famous um, uh, location. And uh, <laughs> we went to like the new and up-and-coming and cooler place. Okay, of <laughs> course. Oh, nice. Of course, of course. So perhaps just mention, uh, during your time there, there was also uh, the Nordic Startup Awards, which was it was not really part of the Innovation Week or it was organized by someone else, right? Yeah, but uh, it... They decided to uh, be in Reykjavik uh, thanks to Iceland Innovation All right, Week. Because so it's like a traveling uh, thing, right? The last few editions uh, have been held in Copenhagen. Mm. So any, any impressions from there? I really like that uh, we have uh, these kind of awards. Of course, uh, when it was held at, in Reykjavik, uh, not that many of the nomina- nominees uh, were there physically. Mm. Uh, but uh, there were several hundred guests and uh, also a minister from the um, from f- from Iceland was there as well uh, a minister for innovation so that qu- kind of shows how important innovation is for for Iceland and minister for innovation yeah i don't maybe that exists somewhere i never heard of it no pretty cool either. and she was like really really cool and <laughs> uh, we were uh, at this uh, a pre-party before uh, uh, and it was arranged by uh, this uh, uh, duo which you will can um, he- hear and read more about because they will guide to Reykjavik like uh, next week on scandinaviamind.com oh. nice and uh, during this pre-party this minister showed up and uh, she was more like a movie star <laughs> than a minister <laughs> I love it. That's it. I feel like we're doing a Reykjavik issue here, so we need to go <laughs> yeah. there. We need to have a yeah, launch yeah. party in Reykjavik. Yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. but uh, bring uh, the best uh, uh, waterproof coat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wonderful. This has been uh, Scandinavian Mind Weekly. Uh, we're coming up soon. Like next week is our last episode of our weekly before the sort of kind of a summer break uh, we're doing. We're going to be uh, reunited with uh, Roland. Uh, and also we'll hear from uh, hopefully Ilenia Martini, our editor-at-large, who's been covering the design weeks the past few weeks, uh, both in uh, Southern Sweden Design Days, uh, uh, three days of design in Copenhagen, I think, and uh, of course uh, uh, Salone in Milan that's going on as we uh, speak. Is there anything else we should plug right now, guys, before we um, head off? How, how was my debut? Amazing. I can't believe what, what took you so long. I, I, I knew I knew you would nail this. And actually, it's it's kind of like uh, uh, you're not really doing your job unless you're on the podcast. We have to sort of renegotiate your terms here, <laughs> in a way, I think. You're sitting on so many observations. Yeah, you're out yeah. there in the world. You're traveling. <laughs> you're seeing all these cool people. I, I feel like what we've been doing with this podcast up until now is just, you know, referring to your articles. Exactly. I mean, that's all we do. We're, we're completely abundant. Maybe that's what will happen if, if we, Yuan comes on the pod. We, 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 we won't be necessary. <laughs> we'll just be the Yuan Magnusson podcast. And it will be a lot more about beauty and skincare in well, the podcast if, yeah. if I'm the guest of honor. Well, no, and uh, for me, I know know a lot of, more about USB-C than I did before I entered this room. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Looking forward to next week's guide to Reykjavik. This has been the Scandinavian Mind Weekly with me, Conrad Olsson, uh, Erik Sedin, and Johan Magnusson. Uh, uh, don't forget to sign up to our newsletter. Visit scandinaviamind.com slash newsletter not to miss out on any of our events and talks and so forth. Uh, enjoy the weekend, guys. Enjoy. See you. See you.